Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. What's up, fam? We'd like to introduce you to our music podcast, where we have conversations about music, album listening parties, and other fun segments. Uh, We would like to thank our avid listeners, our wives, Mm -hmm. my wife, Amy. I love you. Tori, you're the real MVP. We are forcing our wives to listen to this because we need listeners. So if you are listening and have a spouse and they aren't listening, you can also force them um, <laughs> along with us. Um, I feel like their motivation will be a lot less than yeah. our wives will be. Yeah. Just do but. it so you have something to do together as a married couple. I mean, how many podcasts are there for married couples? <laughs> I do not know this number, and there's probably, probably like so many. So um, there are a lot of podcasts out there. And so, Nate, what's the purpose of this podcast? This podcast is basically an opportunity to have conversations about music that will help change the way you think through music as a listener and also will help show you new music. Mm -hmm. And so those are really our two main goals. Mm -hmm. And Andrew and I are both very different, different personalities, different music knowledge. And so hopefully the combination of both of our differences will create this beautiful, uh, I was gonna say baby, of of music podcast. Uh, We'll have to take some time, Andrew, to think of the name of the baby because I don't want to call my baby long distance listening. But within the podcast, we're going to have a lot of different segments. Uh, We start off with a segment called Mic Check, which is basically just the intro. Uh, The reason for that is because Andrew and I, I mean, it's uncanny how many mic checks we've had to do trying to start the podcast. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that we've really got anywhere Mm -hmm. within recording podcast but what's funny is we just recorded about half of the podcast earlier today and after listening back realized that the mics were off so it's just (laughs) gonna be this constant state of frustration trying to get our mics working and to be on the same page with that but basically that's just our intro and then we have a spammer jam which is uh self somewhat self-explanatory then we have our segment called chime in uh, another segment called top three and our last main segment is just basically a listening party mm-hmm. and yeah that's basically the crux of what we'll be doing so nate why did you decide to start long distance listening with me i started long distance listening because i got a text from you about <laughs> starting a music podcast you kind of set yourself up there. What? So how about this is really Andrew's brainchild. I've kind of just kind of steered him away from all the bad ideas yes. and helped him uh, help point out the good ideas he yes. has. Yeah. And uh, but Andrew, do you want to explain like why you wanted to start a music podcast? Yeah. Um, one night, uh, my wife and I were driving back from a concert, um, kind of an indie. Uh, concert and just talking about music in general and just all these bands that we know that we feel like are uh, either underappreciated or unfound completely. Um, 
And we just wanted there to be some sort of an avenue for there to be conversations uh, with these bands, whether it's interviewing these bands or helping other people find new music and, and just shining a light on some great artists that aren't getting the national spotlight like your mm. normal pop artists or, or artists on the radio. And so we just thought it would be cool to start a music podcast that way. And first person I thought of was you, Nate, because, uh, I mean, there's there's so many conversations about music dating back to our childhood. And Nate just has a different take on music than I do. I come at music from more of a, um, a technical aspect of playing music. Um, I'm a musician. I am... Uh, a music teacher as well and so I approach music more from does it feel good does it sound good how complicated is it to play how good is the quality of the music but Nate shines a I'm light I'm just an untrained piece of garbage <laughs> that's basically that is that is not it at all um <laughs> Nate would you like to talk about what your strengths are with music so I would say so this is this is one of those things where it's kind of like you're going to have to trust me. And I mean, mm -hmm. hopefully Andrew's presence uh, will reassure you because it's like, I really have no, nothing to like explain why I think I know music. Like Andrew, like you said, you have all this experience playing music. I stopped playing the piano in fifth grade because I'd rather play sports. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, sing the simplest song on key i love music and i've listened to like way too much music in my life and i feel like that's kind of with that i've kind of pick and chosen what stuck out the most and been best and refined my own tastes and a lot of that's come from having conversations with great musicians like andrew like other friends of mine who actually know why bands are good and so it's been this like beautiful mutual relationship where i can tell andrew about new music mm -hmm. and he can be like oh you want to know why this is cool because of this and i'm like oh dang i never knew that because he sees music in a way i can't but also like with andrew i might be able to get more of the big picture of an album sometimes or a, or a song sometimes because he recognizes all the little parts Mm -hmm. and might get fixated on the guitar or yeah. the drum beat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm more just taking the whole song. So it's just di different perspectives. Yeah. I'm more of a lyric person. Yes. I like write uh, words on pages sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of more my forte. Nate, for years, uh, has written amazing poems, which have turned into spoken words uh, that we've recorded together. And he's had a music blog uh, for a few years and and just just is in the music world e even more than I am as much as I'm, I'm teaching. I mean, Nate's just he's finding new music. He's always showing me new artists that I'd not heard of. So. Um, it, it's very easy to start a podcast with someone like Nate who has such a musical depth of knowledge and comes approaches music differently than I do and I really appreciate that and it would be a really boring podcast if it was just me talking about music <laughs> um, but I think the duality of having Nate um, just fully invested in this 50-50 partnership uh, for this podcast uh, means uh, very much financially um, we are in it for the money uh, you can send your checks to P.O. Box uh, no um we should set up a P.O. box, though, because... Uh, for all the fan mail. For all the yeah. fan mail. It's going to be a lot. 
Um, you should do that. And then I do want to dive in here to the name long distance listening because this is actually a huge part of the podcast. Um, Nate lives in Massachusetts and I live in Pennsylvania. And we've been great friends since childhood. Our parents were friends, so that helped because we were too young to be able to drive uh, that <laughs> distance. Um, and so when Nate would come, he would come for a weekend, a week, whatever it is, he'd stay at our place, and we would just talk about music. And then when he would go back home, we'd be like, oh, we still want to talk about music. And so what we started to do is these listening parties where we would Skype each other and just talk to each other about music and what it turned into is when a new album from a band that we both liked or a band that one of us wanted to show the other uh, when that album came out we would listen to it through skype we would just be listening to it together we'd pause it after each song and we talk about um, the lyrics the music just do we even like the style or not if it's an album that one of us is showing the other and it turned into just really some of the best conversations uh, that I've had just hearing Nate's take on this is why I like this album or this is why I don't really care for the album that you're showing me. And it just challenged me to think about music in a different way. And that's why we are calling this long distance listening. Nate still lives in Massachusetts. I still live in Pennsylvania. We are recording this thing through Skype. We're going to listen to music over Skype and talk about it like we would our conversations and we're basically just going to record this and hopefully those conversations that we've been having for years that no one will ever hear um, because they weren't recorded hopefully <laughs> that'll actually do something for you as a listener um, that you'll be able to to take something from that and we've added a couple segments in there as, as Nate explained earlier uh, to keep you more interested we're not just going to talk about an album for two hours like we used like to we want to do <laughs> or what we want to do and if you want us to do that tell us hey go longer uh we're trying to keep this a little bit shorter just so you can actually enjoy it um you married couples can listen together uh by a fire get some hot cocoa yeah it doesn't matter that it's the middle of the summer like just do it dude sweat sweat out those those extra pounds yeah. you put on. Dude. Yep. Yep. You can work out to this podcast. <laughs> dude, you can work out to this podcast. Dude, this man. podcast would be great. Um, great workout podcast. Nate and I will both learn beatboxing. We're just going to give you the tempo that you need for your running. Um, yes. Yeah. It'll be really good. Well, that's kind of the, <laughs> that's the purpose of the podcast and we'll start jumping into some segments. So uh, thanks let's for joining and, and let's see what happens. Here's our first segment, Spammer Jam. And for those of you who may be confused, we will not be talking about any food products. This Mm -hmm. is not about Spammer Jam. We will be also, before we get in any deeper, we will be as punny and corny as possible as we lack real um, creative humor. You know, that's just not what who we are we're just dumb and yep. corny so yep. just expect that and roll with the punches there spammer jam is basically a segment where we listen to some top radio hits and say hey this is a jam i love this i listen to this often or we say hey this is spam it feels 
like it's not that creative. It's kind of like spam mail for an email. It's just like, you know, that spam mail you get where you just keep ignoring it because you know it's Mm -hmm. not actually important. We have three songs for you today, and I'll name them off, and we'll let you know what we think. So, Andrew, Mm -hmm. the first song is called uh, Natural by Imagine Dragons. What do you think about that? Oh, before Andrew gets into it, if you haven't heard Natural by Imagine Dragons, Mm -hmm. open up the Apple Music, the Spotify, the YouTube, the whatever you use to listen to music and listen to it if you haven't heard it on the radio yet. So Natural by Imagine Dragons, I think is a jam. Uh, They've been putting out songs what feels like it's like probably more often than any other band. I feel like someone's always Mm -hmm. like, oh, did you hear the new Imagine Dragons song? And my answer is almost always like not maybe, yet or of. maybe like I is think. it is it the one that i heard a month ago <laughs> and they're like no that one's old uh they always have new songs so i uh i just heard this song last week and and to be honest i don't know how how old this song is by now it's probably they probably have three more songs since since <laughs> this one but um but i think it's a jam i think it feels really good um it definitely hit, hits pretty hard um and I did not expect to like the song um, just because I haven't been listening to Imagine Dragons as much, um, but I think it's a jam. How about you, Nate? What are your thoughts? So I'm going to just whip out a pun right, right out of the gate. Here we go. So I think this is spam, and the reason why is because I think natural is a very natural Imagine Dragons song. They've released... I feel like numerous tracks like this radio Mm -hmm. hit singles where it's kind of heavy on the drums, Mm -hmm. explosive choruses Mm -hmm. where he's shouting something and getting you all amped up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I loved it with radioactive and believer Mm -hmm. when I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And then thunder came and I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of sick of this. Mm -hmm. And then now with natural, I'm just kind of exhausted with, them continuing to create the same exact sound now that being said if this was like their first big single they released i think i'd totally dig it it's more just like the repetitive nature of the band kind of almost finding a formula and just bleeding it to death that's a good good take and i appreciate that although we have differing opinions i totally understand everything you're saying the one thing that Andrew and I also want to tell you, which Mm -hmm. is not really going to make sense because we just disagreed. (laughs) Our opinions are objective truths. It's a very like duality focused opinion that the song was both a spam and a jam. Mm -hmm. But if you disagree with us in any fashion about anything we talk about, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Yes. Yes. This is based on facts we are doing hours yeah we're doing hours and hours of research and we don't want (laughs) to bore you with all the research we don't want to show you all the stats yes we have come to what is a fact on each of these songs so if our opinions differ that doesn't matter what we say is fact hopefully i will like this next song better the song is Better Now by Post Malone. Um, what I, I asked you first, so I'll mm-hmm. ask I'll ask myself yes. second. 
Uh, Nate, what do you think of Better Now by Post Malone? Thank you for asking, Nate. I, I thought the song was wicked catchy, just like really great. I think very similarly to Imagine Dragons, like I think if Post Malone keeps creating songs exactly like this, I'll get sick of it. But for mm-hmm. now, this is like the first Post Malone song I've listened to like a bunch of times yeah. from planning for this. And I mean, I love it. So yep. I'm going to say it's him. I will also say that it is a jam. I would have a hard time believing that there's too many people out there that would not think it's a jam. I do understand that there would be those people. But again, we are listing the fact here, um, (laughs) which is that it is a jam. Just because I feel like what Post Malone does, it's not like groundbreaking. It's not insanely new or different, but it just feels good. Like the whole Mm. vibe of the song and just Post Malone in general um, is super easy listening. You just like, you don't have to be in a certain mood. You can basically listen to it always. And yeah. if you're in a bad mood, this song will make you feel, you feel better, better now. now. <laughs> yes. Uh, I Man, didn't even try. Page, dude. So the last song uh, we're going to talk about is Girls Like You by Maroon 5. Andrew, how about you start us off? What are your thoughts? This song, it is both spam or jam. And I will Why not do this. Thing, I will not do this often. I'm not one of those uh, guys who can't make up an opinion. In the end, it is both. And there is one reason that it's both. And that is Cardi B. Now, let me explain. <laughs> so for Girls Like You, Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B, it is both. Cardi B is either the spam or the jam. I will tell you which one she is. It's the spam. It is. Cardi. It is so bad. I personally just don't don't get Cardi. Um, that's just me personally. But just listen to her songs, and she rhymes her name in every single song. And it seems like as she does it, her rhyme with her name keeps getting worse. Like, she had, like, three or four decent rhymes with her name that you're like, oh, that's clever. And now, like... It's just too much. It doesn't sound good anymore, yeah. and she needs to just not rap about herself. The jam, though, is somewhat Maroon 5 and somewhat the music video, which we're not really supposed to be judging off of, but yeah, I, do we think, I do think we're going to break rules here because the music video is somewhat interesting. Nate, did you see the music video for this? I saw half of it. That's good enough. The music video is about the same from probably <laughs> whatever half, half you saw. Yeah, half. second half again, same as first half. This might have been in it, but there is one moment in there where Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven in Netflix's Stranger Things, shout out, she is kind of dancing to the song. And as the camera's panning around, you see Ellen DeGeneres and she's like not doing anything. And then she just looks at Millie Bobby Brown, like really confused as to what she's supposed to be doing or judging Millie Bobby Brown. I don't know what the emotion she's going for is, but it's hilarious. I rewatched that multiple times because it was very funny to me. You can just watch the music video up to that point. I believe that does come in before Cardi comes in. So (laughs) if you're like me and don't need to hear Cardi join the song, then you can just watch the music video up to that point. Now, if you do skip ahead to the very end, then there is a touching moment where Adam has his wife and his child. They're right at the end and it kind of speaks to, I think, what the song's Uh, about 
a little bit more than just random girls. Um, and so that is a, a touching moment as well. Nate, what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts for girls like you are not just that Cardi B's section is spam, but actually I think the whole song is spam. Mm. I think Adam from Maroon 5 is a really talented musician, writes some really great songs, and overall it just wasn't the chorus especially. I mean, the verse was boring as well, but just very lackluster and very unoriginal. I just feel like there's a lot of pop artists that could have written this song and it didn't show me just how great of a band Rune 5 is. It really just felt like they were another run-of-the-mill pop band. So for me, I'm going to have to say spam. So just to explain our next segment, which we will be not doing because we already did it earlier without you noticing, ha, gotcha, (laughs) is chime in. And it's basically just an opportunity to talk about anything music related. We chose to talk about the beginning and the creation of our podcast. And we did that kind of in the intro. But that was really the time we had allotted for chime in was put into that. But really the lengths or the topics are endless we're not setting any parameters on this we can talk about anything music related and hopefully eventually it maybe interview some musicians and just really take advantage of the openness of this to do whatever we want so freedom yes but enough about chime in uh we're gonna actually get into our next segment called top three top three is very self-explanatory Basically, we take a topic that's music related, usually a specific type of artist or album or song or whatever. And Andrew and I both share our top three. So, for instance, it could be top three uh, Christmas songs or top three albums we listened to in middle school or the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Our top three for this podcast is actually our top three guilty pleasure bands or artists. And within that, you can pick an album by a band, but overall, it doesn't really matter. I'm really excited about this segment. So I kind of twisted the definition of guilty. And with each artist I chose, it's kind of a different definition. My first artist I'm choosing for a guilty pleasure is As I Lay Dying. Um, The reason why is... Yeah, explain, please. (laughs) The reason why, there's there's two reasons. One, this is a funny joke in my mind about... uh, So As I Lay Dying, the vocalist was actually charged and found guilty of hiring a hitman to kill his wife. And there was a lot of different types of like substance abuse issues he had during that time and not trying to excuse anything, but he was clearly troubled and it was a bad time in the band's career obviously Mm -hmm. but i just thought it was kind of funny because you know he was kind of guilty and it's a guilty Mm -hmm. pleasure but the but the the real reason i have this band also as a guilty pleasure is because i'm kind of embarrassed sometimes when certain people find out that i really like like heavy music so like as dying is definitely i mean you can tell from the name if you haven't heard them before mm-hmm. they're definitely one of the heavier bands i listen to and i really enjoy heavy music and i've enjoyed it less as i've gotten older i'm just kind of ashamed to like heavy music sometimes <laughs> it feels a little less grown up but 
I love it, so who cares? Uh, my number two is the band The Color Morale, and the reason why is they used to be a lot heavier. They're called Hope Core, kind of. <laughs> Which, it, which gives light to my reason why they're a guilty pleasure. Just very cliche, mm. generic, hopeful lyrics. Like, you can make it, like, you can do it, like, nobody's going to let you down, see the light, like, all this stuff. But, I mean, it, this band just, like, really brings me back to middle school time. Mm. And just, like, I love some of the melodies they choose, just very cliche. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I just really dig them. Mm-hmm. It's basically you know, a pep talk with rock behind it right i have no self-esteem please help me value (laughs) myself yeah those are the lyrics but but don't do it in a way that actually makes me unique and valued do it in a way that's just like extremely general (laughs) and like means nothing um but my last guilty pleasure Mm. is actually another (laughs) version of guilty um (laughs) so this is a band years and years years and years is this pop group and their latest album so good so catchy like great pop music like i'm straight up not ashamed at all of the music i mean Mm -hmm. it is very poppy so i mean if i want to be all hipster like yeah i'm kind of ashamed that i like (laughs) such a pop album but the lyrics are just like very simultaneously like religious and also like very sexual and just like the combination of those two things for me can kind of like toe the line of like what I do or don't feel comfortable listening to. And so I'm not here to like condemn the music. Um, and I mean, I, I really like the album, but at times I'm like, wow, this is very inappropriate. And not just that it's inappropriate, it's like God is and like religion and like certain themes like that are involved and make it even more dirty, I guess. Mm. And so kind of feel uncomfortable and I feel guilty. <laughs> to it but i still receive a lot of pleasure from listening to it so that's why i took that so those are my three what are your uh three guilty pleasures all right well i'm gonna start with a metal band just like you did i think uh because we grew up together we had some similar uh style things where yeah we both listened to metal a lot uh in high school and not so much now um the first band um that I'm going to talk about is A Bullet for Pretty Boy, which I do think that just the name of the band, if someone's (laughs) scrolling through my iTunes, all of a sudden I'm going to like blush and be like, oh, just keep going. (laughs) But they are metal. (laughs) There was a time I loved them. Um, They are like, in my opinion, the epitome of generic. Um, Nothing that they did was different than anyone else in the metal genre which is why i don't really listen to metal much anymore just because that's what it became very generic and a bullet for pretty boy they're the poster boy of generic metal Uh, (laughs) so i don't know that they want that on a a t-shirt that's it that's the first band the second is Katy perry i i feel like this is towing the line of guilty pleasure and not guilty at all because like sometimes I don't even care if you hate Katy Perry. I'm just like, whatever. Just the fact that she is so poppy and so out there, especially at times in, in performances and and what she what she wears, how she performs, whatever. Um, there's a lot of judgments that go along with listening to her. And Katy Perry, I do just enjoy her music um, has get gotten worse as it's gone on, but uh, I still listen, so that's something, you know? 
Nothing tops. I kissed a girl, right? Nothing no, I'm tops. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Nothing tops it. Am I right? Those married men out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, try, so I'm trying to do a shout out to my... I don't know. I'm trying to like, <laughs> like keep including married couples in this because I'm really hoping that some, some guys just All are forcing their wives to listen to this. Yeah. And then finally... The last band is the Guilty Pleasure Band. Uh, that band is Nickelback. Oh, dang. I like Nickelback. I probably won't tell people, although I just did over a podcast, but it's fine because it's only our wives, so yep. they probably know I listen to Nickelback. But I I like Nickelback. I like Chad Kroger's voice. I think he has one of the best voices. I enjoy what they do musically, lyrically. <laughs> That's where the guilty pleasure comes in a little bit. There's really zero substance there, but hey, I'll still listen to it. So those are my top three. So I'm going to recap and then Nate will recap. And then please send us your top three guilty pleasure bands. So mine, three to one, A Bullet for Pretty Boy, Katy Perry, and Nickelback. And mine are As I Lay Dying, The Color Morale, and Years and Years. If you don't know any of those bands, I don't know that we're condoning listening to them, but uh, <laughs> but check them out. We're half condoning. Yeah, only half. Welcome to our listening party. We're at that part of the podcast where we just want to invite you to listen to an album with us. Uh, most of the time, it's going to be one of us recommending the album to the other person, and an album that one of us already knows and the other person doesn't. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually listen to the album here with you. So we talk about what the album is, give some background, and we'll listen to track one all together. And after track one, we'll just take some time and we'll talk about it, let let you know our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And we'll work our way through every track. We'll try not to do any 20-track albums. (laughs) (laughs) This week, uh, we have an album by S. Carey called 100 Acres. I'm recommending this to Andrew. And the way I found out about S. Carey was through one of my good friends, Kevin. He shows me a lot of good new music. And the way he found out about S. Carey was just by being a big Bonnie Vare fan back in the day. S. Carey plays drums live for Bonnie Vare. And Actually, I, I know Bonnie Vare's definitely changed sounds with 20 to a million, but mm-hmm. Bonnie Vare's older folk kind of style, S. Carey has adopted and kind of turned into his own. And he has three records out. The first is All We Grow. The second is Range of Light. And the third is 100 Acres. Honestly, 100 Acres is the only album by him I've listened to. I knew about Range of Light. Never really got into it. Didn't give it that much of a chance. I'll definitely go back and listen to his other albums. But 100 Acres has been a song this year. I've been playing nonstop. Easily my favorite album of the year so far. Mm. And so I definitely wanted to show it to Andrew. So yeah, so we just invite you to listen along with us if you have apple music which is what andrew and i both use definitely get on that if you have spotify or even if you have to youtube the songs just go for it and the first track is called rose petals we actually usually read the lyrics as we listen Mm -hmm. that way we can get a much deeper understanding of the track it's good to listen without lyrics but it's good to listen with lyrics at times so find a time when you listen to an album to do both because listening to the lyrics definitely adds context and a different perspective 
Andrew, you excited? You ready to get into yeah. this uh, album? Right. Yeah, let's do it. So the first track is Rose Petals. If you're listening along, feel free to listen with us. So that was Rose Petals, the first track off of 100 Acres by S. Carey. Andrew, would you like to share your thoughts on uh, the first track? Yeah, I really like this first track. I really like the chorus lyrics. The chorus lyrics are really cool. Okay, so I'm going to quick read them. So it's hiding in the rose petals, holding only what you know, hanging from the pedestal, hinging on whether you should go. Him using the same type of word to start each sentence, but changing the words, so like hiding, holding, hanging, and hinging, is one of the coolest lyrical thing I've seen. It's very poetic. It's really, yeah, it's really cool. His voice, he has a a way of kind of singing very smooth um, with it, almost, almost mumbling to the point that like if you're not reading the lyrics... Maybe it would be hard to understand everything that he's saying, but definitely yeah. with the lyrics right in front of you, it's really, really cool stuff. I really like the lyrics um, with the song. What are your thoughts? Uh, any favorite parts? So for me, I love the song. This album has a lot of different love songs on it, and I think it's really cool that he starts off this record with a song that's so uncertain yeah and there's a lot of unknown a lot of regret a lot of like hey should we move forward that's like a very vulnerable place to start because a lot of our relationships it feels like you have to be like fully invested and Mm. all in and that's like a very hard thing to do and so it's just like weighing that like hey like Am I ready to make this commitment? Am I ready to bear this burden? And so I think it's like a really cool way, an honest way to start off an album. And it lyrically, I think, just definitely does a good job of setting up a lot of the other songs. So the second song is Hideout. And get ready for our talk about the next track. So, Hideout. Andrew, what are your thoughts on Hideout? I love this song. Um, Yeah, wow, it's really cool. So, the strings in this song are fantastic. They're some of the best strings I've heard. Just the feel of the strings, the sounds that they're creating are amazing with the with the song and the plucking guitar and kind of the sway feel that it has with the song. Everything fits together really well. I really like the lyrics. So the song is called Hideout 
one word, but then later he says, with my love in high doubt, like two different. That again, like like he's crushing it lyrically with this album so far. Just things that I'm catching that are just very unique. Nate, you're much more of the lyricist, the expert with that. So maybe what I'm saying, you're like, yeah, there's a thousand albums that have done that. But for me, this is like <laughs> really unique. Um these lyrics and i'm really enjoying it uh what did you think about hideout nate so you know what's funny uh so my wife tori she's a english major Mm -hmm. and so she's had to read like tons of poetry for school and stuff and a lot of times when i show her stuff of mine or Mm -hmm. even stuff of artists i like she's like yo this isn't that great (laughs) and i think part of that is like it's really hard to understand the context of lyrics without the music. And so there's lines that might sound stupid in music. If you're just reading the lyrics, that sound beautiful and very thought-provoking when you actually hear it. But that being said, I showed her what you pointed out about my love and high doubt. I showed her that part a few days ago, and she was like, oh, that's sick. So she definitely agrees with you. But overall, what I love about this song is the next part of rose petals where he's transitions from having all these doubts to just going for it with that relationship and with and with love so you you brought up verse two with my love and high doubt slow down with you when our bodies roll out golden in hue just like the sense of like deciding to just like roll out and to Mm. just move forward and what comes out is something golden and beautiful Mm -hmm. when you take that risk when you take that chance and i mean i think the chorus is very obviously talking about the atrophy that comes from standing still Mm -hmm. and not moving forward and not choosing to grow i just think it's a really cool development and evolution from rose petals so the third track is Yellowstone. Andrew, thoughts on Yellowstone? Again with the strings, sounding amazing. And then just the vocal parts at the end sound awesome. Like, just killer. I'm really enjoying, as the album's going on, his voice is just so perfect for these songs. And I like the duality there towards the end um, of how he's starting to kind of use his voice more than just an accessory instrument, like as the main thing to listen to. That's really cool. How about your thoughts, Nate? Dude, I definitely agree. I saw him live play this album, Mm. and Gordy, who's the girl or the woman who does guest vocals on Mm -hmm. this track, she opened for him. And uh, when they played this song, she did it with him. And her voice is just so unique. Yeah. It's very deep. And when I first heard it, I was like, is this a guy? Is this a girl? (laughs) But I knew that I loved it. Sure. With S. Carey. His vocals are a lot, I don't want to say softer, but I mean lighter, Mm -hmm. where hers are kind of just like a little bit thicker. And it's just this really cool combination when they clash. But I mean, I think this song is just continuing that theme of not wanting to be safe, like with Hideout. In the second verse, he said, safe is the kind of word that makes a love grow old Mm. and die. That's like a big statement. And I mean, just taking risks and stuff 
can be very fruitful in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was like a really cool uh, song for that. All right, for our fourth track, we have True North. What do you think about True North? I would say it's not as strong as the other track so far for me. It does add diversity to the album, though. It's kind of adding a different layer. My favorite part of the song is the slide guitar that they're using. Kind of adds some small country elements, but anytime you add a slide guitar, it kind of feels like it's a little bit more southern or country. But I feel like for this album, it does add another another layer that's different. I think just overall the song didn't give me as much lyrically as I would have wanted it to. What are your thoughts, Nate? When I had first listened to the album, this was my least favorite song. And I think part of it was because when I listened to the chorus, I would hear the words, only a bride will I be, Mm. only a bride will I see. And it like didn't make sense. I was like, okay, so S. Carey saying he's going to be a bride, but he'll also see a bride. And it's like, I don't get it. What's going on? And it kind of like ruined the song for me because the lyrics just made no sense. But as I looked up the lyrics, I realized that it said only upright will I be, only upright will I see. And that just totally changed how I enjoyed the song. Because I think this song's written about uh, Sean and his wife's uh, first date. And to have like that type of outlook from the start to both try and be the best person you can be, but Mm -hmm. also to see the best in them, where it's like, only upright will I be, only upright will I see. Just as like this really challenging and also like encouraging statement to me, which really like anchors my love for the song. So for the next track, we have Emery. I think the instrumental portions of the song are my favorite. There are quite a few more instrumental portions in the song. Basically, everything works together really beautifully. The strings, the keys, the percussion, the guitars, everything just blends together really well. I found this song was actually just mixed really well. So far, the whole album has been, but it did stand out to me, just the overall mix of this track. I really enjoyed it. What were your thoughts, Nate? Yeah, I I thought uh, somewhat similarly. Uh, it's definitely a string-heavy song and mm-hmm. definitely like a lot of like little intricacies with the mixing. But one thing I noticed while like looking through the lyrics is that there's not really a chorus for the song, which recognizing that like helped me as I was listening to it. As I was thinking through it, like how to describe it, I feel like the song's kind of just like a wave, like a singular wave washing over you. It's like very smooth and not. Nothing like blows you away. It's not like a tsunami, but it's just like this like covering. So number six, we have the title track of the album, 100 Acres.
All right, Andrew, what's your thoughts on 100 Acres? The lyrics actually stuck out to me on this song compared to the rest. I always get interested when I hear the title track of any album. There's so many different reasons that people pick a certain title for an album, and I feel like this is the most honest he's at with his lyrics. He's talking a lot about needing space, rest, kind of a fresh start, and I feel like it is the most personal lyrically for him, and so I think when he was trying to name the album, I think he chose the song that probably was the most vulnerable for him, but also the one that meant maybe the most to him personally. I could be wrong about that, but but that's what stuck out to me was kind of the lyrics, the meaning of the song. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely like the lyrics as well. It reminded me of a song that you'll know, Andrew, but most people won't know. The song Start Again by Red. It's this overall sentiment of like this need to start anew and Mm -hmm. to really just have a blank slate and a fresh start. I just think that's something that we all feel that like no matter how good life is, there's like a lot of things that you wish you could have back or a chance to like start over with Mm -hmm. certain things and so this album touches on a lot of different types of relationships so track seven is one of the first two singles released from the record it was the second single uh the song is called more i see and feel free to listen along with us Okay, Andrew, more I see. What what are your thoughts on this track? The song's a little bit more upbeat than the other songs. Again, it just adds to the diversity of this album uh, thus far, and I like it um, a lot. I can can see why it would be a single. It kind of adds something maybe a little poppier and Mm. more easily accessible as far as the song goes, and that's what people tend to look at in a single. I like the vocal synthesizer that they use uh, during the instrumentals. It adds Mm -hmm. a different layer. Uh, Once again, it's cool kind of as the album goes that you'll hear an instrument that you didn't hear previously. That just speaks to the instrumentation of this album. I think his falsetto stands out to me in this song more than some others. Just it's beautiful. He has an awesome falsetto. This song reminds me of another song you'll know, Andrew. Thrive by Switchfoot. John Foreman of Switchfoot, he says, I want to thrive, not just survive. And the chorus of this song is, and when I'm naked, deciding, no, I ain't just surviving. Like mm-hmm. this idea of not being willing to settle with just existence, but making the most of your existence and realizing that you won't exist forever on this earth. And so how can I make the most of it while I'm here? The next track is the first single of the two singles, mm-hmm. Fool's Gold. Okay, Andrew, Fool's Gold. What are your thoughts? Uh, Once again, it's not a new instrument, but it's used in a different way. The electric guitar lead stands out to me. I just think it sounds beautiful. If I was to use a word for the instrumentation of this album, it would be beautiful. I feel like that's what he's going for is just a really, really beautiful sound. There's not too many dark elements. Everything feels pretty bright and happy, even though lyrically he's he's tackling a little bit more it's always kind of keeping perspective i feel like that the that the music is kind of pulling him where he wants to go 
lyrically that even if he's talking lyrically about something sad the music is happy basically saying this is where i want to be and the music's kind of pulling him into that frame of mind instead of just being negative in his thought process once again the slide guitar comes in and i think it fits in great what were some of your thoughts lyrically for this this is an interesting one lyrically yeah so the lyrics never made sense to me i felt somewhat disconnected from the song and I did some research, and I found out that Sean actually wrote this about his wife having a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, totally changed my perspective or brought clarity to how I was viewing the song. One of my uh, closest friends, he ha- him and his wife had a miscarriage mm-hmm. a little bit over a year ago. And so, like, hurting with them it kind of made me hurt with with sean for a brief moment even though i don't know him or anything the lyrics it's interesting even though they're dark i think verse two really adds that beauty that you were talking about instrumentally where um he's he sings there are nights i see you in big sister's hazel eyes Mm -hmm. she'll be looking out for you underneath the sapphire skies just like this idea i'm assuming that like he still sees the child they lost in his other daughter and i don't know it just it definitely hit me hard so two tracks left track nine is have you stopped to notice please uh if you haven't stopped to notice take time and stop to notice this track as you listen with us All right, Andrew, have you stopped to notice? <laughs> I'll dive into the lyrics in a minute. I, I do feel like whenever I dive into lyrics, I'm stepping on your toes because that's something oh. that you notice more. But I'll real I'm quick. Like, when I talk about music, I'm like, I like the guitars. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, the song musically, um, I could just cry. Just the the strings, his falsetto. There's just something about it that if I wanted a good cry, I could probably just play the song without the lyrics and just cry. It's perfect song to cry to. I don't know why that is the first thing that came to mind. It's such a weird thing to think <laughs> the song. And then, and then when you look at the lyrics, though, I actually think it's the most positive song on the album lyrically. He's challenging people to take a look at themselves and appreciate who they are more. So it's very introspective. And, and I think he does it in a positive way, not like look at the junk in your life that you want to get rid of and, and do it. He's, he's actually just like, look at your giftings, look at your abilities and focus on those, which just makes you happy. So the music is so beautiful. It could make you cry, but the lyrics are so beautiful. They'll make you happy about yourself. So you probably will end up not knowing what to do, but I think either way uh, you will love the song. This is a really, really solid song, especially for this late in an album. You don't get, you don't get a song that again, adds another layer to the album as a whole, but just this strong. So what were your thoughts with this song? Nate? Yeah. I mean, I have a very similar perspective. Something that I just noticed in the mo in the moment is when you compare it to being right after fool's gold this idea of like fool's gold is a song about like losing something that you were 
hoping to hold dear and yeah. was going to mean a lot to you and it's just like sad about that loss to follow up that track with a song saying but wait like have you stopped to notice like all the beauty that still is in life and that you still do have and mm-hmm. that's present i mean it's very it's a very hopeful follow-up to mm-hmm. fool's goal and the second verse i just want to read it I think S. Carey on this album, he just shows how succinct he can be and just how he can say a lot with only a few words. And so he says, uh, he sings, this time of year's deadly, dark afternoon. We all need to change some, but it's going to come from you. We all want the answers, but you'll only find a few. Look at all you have still in front of you. Then he ends the songs singing, have you stopped to notice your beauty? And I think that just like touches upon what you were talking about. Like sometimes it's easier to notice all the beautiful things around you and not the beautiful things inside of you. This is the last track. It's called Meadow Song. Okay, Andrew, last track. Give me your thoughts. All right. I don't know if I would have needed you to tell me it's the last track. I feel <laughs> like um, the instrumentation actually gives that away, which which I love. Um, the cello in the intro kind of mm-hmm. starts to bring closure to the musical journey of this album. Um, there's just something about how it starts that like you can tell that it's ending, um, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting thing to do musically. Um, the biggest thought that I had with this is just like, I feel like the song was written to be the last song because I was playing it in my head as it's going and like, would it work anywhere else in the album? And I feel like if it was anywhere else in the album, it would be my least favorite song, maybe. But it at the end actually makes it the perfect track as much as it might not be the strongest track. It's strong because of the placement of the track more than anything else yeah it it ends the album perfectly i mean i can't agree more Mm. s carrie actually wrote this it's called like a letter to the listener and he basically talks about a bunch of the songs and gives some backstory on different songs and this was one of the most helpful insights for me and i'm just going to read a short insert he says uh, meadow song is a song for my father my dad is still around but i think about his death often i don't know why he's older now and i just love him so much since i was seven i've only got to see him a few times a year so maybe that's part of it too overall for me just reading that and then listening to it in a different light Overall, what leaps out to me is that this idea that sometimes when we think about the people who have filled the biggest holes inside of us, we are afraid that they'll leave an even bigger hole in us when they leave. Fear of losing them can become like very consuming because you don't know what you're going to look like after they're gone. And that's kind of like this fight between like being thankful for who they are and enjoying the time you have left with them and really soaking it all in but also being afraid of what's to come. And so I don't know if that's 
exactly what he was trying to say, but based off of the context of his little letter, I think that really helped me make a lot of sense of it. And it's interesting because this track as the last track, not only is it him thinking about his father's death, but I think it's kind of recognizing that death is coming for all of us. Anyways, I just thought it was, again, just exactly the same thoughts as you, the perfect way to end the album. Mm-hmm. And also, I agree. I don't think I'd like the song nearly as much if it wasn't the last track, because it wouldn't make nearly a sense. But the vibe, everything's perfect as it is. So that's it for the album listening. Thanks for listening with us. Now we're going to actually take some time to talk about it the record holistically we're gonna rate five different sections of the album feel free to write down your own rating and uh, keep track of every album that we listen to together and you can compare your scores to ours and uh, get mad at us because we don't like an album as much (laughs) as you do or because we love an album that you think is awful feel free to let us know that Basically, the five sections that we have set up are instrumentation, vocals, lyrics. I'm going to call this fourth section journey. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by journey is like the flow, the consistency, the Mm -hmm. length of the album. Does it from start to finish take you on a journey that's enjoyable? Mm -hmm. And then lastly is album artwork. And so we're going to rate each of those sections out of 10 and then we're going to combine our scores, mm-hmm. Andrew and I. So the max score is 50 for each of us, and then we'll combine it out of 100 and basically have a overall uh, score to share with you. All right, so we're going to go through each section uh, one at a time, each of us sharing alternating, and then we'll reach our final total. So, you know, before I give any of my ratings, I just want to say that this album's been out since February, and from the second it came out until now, been easily hands down my favorite album of the year. So mostly every other album we review, I'll rate less than this. I'm sure there might be some that come along that I rate more. Mm-hmm. But please just understand that I'm just going to rate this album wicked high. Mm-hmm. So I give the instrumentation a nine and a half out of ten. And my reason why is he has just somehow made an album that is so simple and yet not cliche or generic at all the way he combines all the instrumentation from the acoustic to all the different strings he has to um, even like certain drum patterns are very interesting like he really mixes it up and i'm even though this album is very slow i am never ever bored listening to it and i think the reason why is because the instrumentation is so dense and beautiful even in its simplicity so i'm gonna give it a nine and a half out of ten what about you i'm gonna go way too high uh for this i Uh, really don't want to yeah it's gonna be (laughs) (laughs) not a 12 but i'm actually gonna give it a 10 out of 10 um 10 out of 10 would recommend um The instrumentation, if you couldn't tell, was my favorite part 
of this album. I thought the the choice of instruments was perfect. He uses a vast range of instruments, um, so I have to give him props for that. The strings are some of the most beautiful strings I've ever heard in an album, period. And again, using the synthesizers that they use and the the slide guitar and um, the vocal layering and just every aspect of this album musically. I mean, mm. that's why I just kept going back to talking about the instrumentation because it's amazing. And I feel yeah. like the instruments speak just as much as the lyrics to me at least and so i'm going 10 out of 10 i probably won't do it maybe ever again but that's (laughs) it's 10 out of 10 for me that's okay so the second section is vocals i'm gonna give it a nine and a half and the reason why is because there's vocal talent there's the melodies you sing but then to me there's also this like like what's the most appropriate way of singing this at the moment and i just feel his vocals are good they're not like out of this world like he has really good falsettos really good normal uh singing voice good tone everything but the melodies he chooses to sing i think are unreal yeah and then contextually the way he accompanies the music with his voice it just mixes to, and you were kind of talking about this, like yep. with the vocal layering, it just mixes together so beautifully. Yep. And it's it's not even that I'm like, oh man, S. Carey has one of the most beautiful voices ever, but the way he uses it, I just think is amazing. So that's yep. why I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Yep. I'm going to give it a nine. And oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> no, it, it's an interesting thing that I'm torn because I feel like, Part of me giving the instrumentation a 10 was the use of vocals. And so mm. for me to only give the vocals a 9 feels like it's a slight. But um, I think I did go more just on the technical aspect. And yeah. and I know everything that you're saying is correct. And his voice is perfect. Uh, you take the best singer in the world and their voice probably actually wouldn't fit this album as well as his does. So yeah. that's what's that's what's hard is his voice fits the music perfectly. Um and his vocal style does mean that parts of what he is saying, it's almost mumbled a little bit. It's 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 yeah, like definitely. on purpose. It's part of the style. And I don't, I wasn't really intentionally dinging anything, honestly. Uh, for me, nine out of ten is still still pretty <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's an, that's an amazing. So so I'm not trying to act as if it's not great, but I guess I wanted to give maybe a little bit more reason for why I'm nine, since you're nine and a half on it but i think overall the vocals are great um they actually the more he was singing the vocals got better and better to me too i wasn't blown away um right from the first song but the more i heard him sing the more he shows range and he does a great job vocally definitely so if you haven't noticed already there's a very clear pattern in my rating and i think it will continue with this next section which is lyrics i'm gonna give it yes a nine and a half out of ten and the reason why is i think the best lyrics are lyrics that on your first listen you can like kind of know what's going on but by your hundredth listen it's just like sunk in so deeply and like with all the added context, it really just like adds. And I feel like he's specific enough for you to know what he's saying, but he also leaves a lot of things. You have to know the context or it's like somewhat vague that you're still interested and still can almost create your own meaning to some of the lyrics. And so 
I just think he has the perfect amount of ambiguity and certainty in the lyrics for yeah. everybody to enjoy them. So that's why I give him nine and a half out of ten. I'm also going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. There are artists out there that their lyrics are basically candy. They're enjoyable. But then when you start to dive into it, you go, you know, there's really nothing of depth to this. There's nothing of substance to this. Yeah. But his his lyrics are like a full meal, and it takes a while to digest. And, and you're right. The first time you listen to it, I think the lyrics and maybe how he's singing too, like you wouldn't catch really any of the meanings behind it. I think that's almost impossible your first time to just listen without – without reading the lyrics and catch any of the intention or the meaning behind it. And the lyrics are still perfect for that type of a first time. Listen, they still fit musically and, um, and just melodically they fit perfectly, but it's when you're starting to dig deeper and you go, what's he trying to say with these that everything he's saying is very condensed like you had said before he's he's very simplistic in his approach that he's not overusing lyrics some people write basically just these huge poems and have so many lyrics to get their point across he's actually very simplistic in his lyrical approach he has probably half the lyrics that other bands would but he actually says more in those like half the lyrics than a lot of bands do in twice the lyrics. And so I feel like his his lyrical approach is amazing. Looking back again at some of the beginning things, how he used the different words for rose petals, the hiding, holding, hanging, hinging, and just the different uses in hideout, how it's high doubt or hideout. Yeah. And those types of things that I've never heard, I could have just as easily given it a 10, but it's, it's a strong nine and a half. His lyrics are incredible. Totally agree, man. I feel like you just said what I said in a way that was a lot more succinct and <laughs> able to understand. I have like, yeah, let's eat candy. Sounds okay. Good. Uh, so the next section is uh, journey, mm-hmm. which just for a, uh, Reminder, it's like the flow, consistency, length of the album. So I'd give this, yes, 9.5. And the reason why is because I'm, I was like so close to, I think this is definitely like, of, I know I've rated everything 9.5, but honestly, this is the one that's by far the closest to a 10 mm. because honestly, the track listing on this, I would not change a single song's placement. Just the flow of the album is yep. so perfect. I mean, I probably should give it a 10, but yeah. I'm just not going to. I'm going to reserve <laughs> that. But like, I don't know. I can't say enough good stuff about that and everything about it's awesome. I am going to give this a nine. I really don't have to explain why it's less for me just because I feel like the difference between nine and 10 is very slight and uh, nine and a half is a perfect place for this to fit. If I would diss anything about it, it's, and it's not actually dissing anything in the end, but it's 10 songs and it feels longer than that. And that's not actually a bad thing. Um, when you actually listen through the entire album, um, you get so much lyrically and musically. And because it's a slower album in general, um, even though the tracks aren't longer than normal tracks, um, as a whole, the album is, it probably feels longer than those 10 songs. And again, Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. 
but I could see someone, depending on their mood, feeling like the album drags uh, on, drags a, little on a little bit. But I yeah. actually feel like that fits perfectly with his style. Like I think if it felt like it was less than 10 songs, that's where it would be a problem from musically. So again, that would be the only thing is I felt like this was the biggest one that I could see someone go, oh, it felt long to me. It's not to me. I'm sure it's not to you at all. It's the perfect length for me, but playing devil's advocate for a second, um, Definitely. Th- that might be the one thing that I could see people picking at the album for. Okay, our last section is album artwork. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, you might say, oh, wow, you're giving artwork like a score and it's like out of 10. Um I want to say a few things about that. Yeah. First is we will be very generous in understanding with our artwork grades. An album is not school or isn't going to be demolished by the artwork. We'll mm-hmm. make sure we're a little bit more lenient in this rating. Yeah. But also, I think like the artwork can't be dismissed. It's yeah. like it, for me, artwork is such a big part of the album listening experience i usually like visualize the album Mm -hmm. at artwork as i listen and it has a huge impact on how i experience the record and i honestly think this is a great example of just a really well done album artwork that helps aid the experience Mm -hmm. and Please look it up if you haven't seen it or are unfamiliar with it. But basically, it's just like (laughs) it's literally like a meadow (laughs) with with a river or a stream and uh, trees. And it's just such a beautiful landscape. Mm -hmm. And it just like helps you visualize that hundred acres that the album is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know what else to say. I mean, a lot of the times... I value ambiguity um, with album artwork, but sometimes, you know, it's just best to just like say what it is and and show it. And I mean, I think this is a really great representation of that. So I'm going to also give this a 9.5 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this an eight out of 10. This is the lowest I'm giving. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think just for me, if I'm in a music, store this is maybe outdated now with digital music but um (laughs) fye yeah exactly but if i'm scrolling through the album the artwork of the album doesn't grab me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i probably would just skip past this um when you know the album and when you listen to the album that's why i'm giving it an eight because it is perfect for the album as it is Mm -hmm. but because it's so simple i didn't feel comfortable giving it more only because I feel like it is very simplistic and I wanted to reserve some of those higher ratings for people that for lack of better term just put more work into it Mm -hmm. but again there's nothing wrong with the artwork and I feel bad giving it an eight um but that's just my initial takeaway it is perfect for the album um but there are better album artwork out there um again perfect for the album not (laughs) <laughs> not my favorite ever um or anything like that it sucks but it's awesome <laughs> it it works so good for the album and exactly yeah, what you does. said like when you hear the name 100 acres that's like almost what you should picture yeah. and so it helps a lot when you're thinking about this album i do think about this artwork now but i'm giving it an 8 out of 10 still generous just uh not quite as high as you are so our total scores are 
I gave it a 47 and a half out mm -hmm. of 50 and Andrew gave it a 45 and a half out of 50, mm -hmm. which our total score becomes 95 out of 100, which we're going to simplify to 9.3 out of 10. That is a very, very, very high score mm -hmm. and don't expect many albums to reach the, these heights. This is I know it's tough where this is our first uh, podcast and we're kind of almost setting precedent. But this is truly a rare uh, moment. Not many albums are going to get nines from us. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Um, before we transition out of dealing with this album, mm -hmm. uh, the very last question i have which i definitely should have asked earlier mm -hmm. is andrew what's your favorite song from the album and i the reason why we're, we're asking this one of the reasons is let's say you're a schmuck and you didn't listen along with us and we want to get you into this album these are the two songs andrew's song and my song that we would most recommend you listening mm -hmm. to because they're our favorites from yeah. the album so, Andrew, what's what's your favorite from the album? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going for one that, like, there's there's good songs within context of the album, but I am going to pick one that I feel like in any context works, um, and it's Hideout. I, mm. and there's just something about that song that kind of brings me back uh, to it again and again. And so Hideout's my favorite. What's your favorite, Nate? Oh, dude, Hideout's so good, man. It I love is. Hideout. Um, mine is going to be Have You Stopped to Notice. Mm. And, I mean, to me, it's the whole package. It's, yeah. I think, one of his most, one of his best vocal performances. Um, and emotionally, I mean, you talked about it. Just like the song, it kind of makes you want to cry and smile at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because musically, it's so beautiful. And the lyrics are just so positive and uplifting. I just love this track. So mm -hmm. that would be my favorite. So if you haven't listened to this album, listen to Hideout. Then listen to Have You Stopped to Notice. Then listen to all the other songs because I know you're going to love it. One more thought. 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 You asked for it. You wanted one more thought. You wanted our encore. That is our last segment here. And so, Nate, can you give our listeners one more thought? What would you like to tell them before we're done? Yeah, for our first encore, I just wanted to say one of the big reasons we started the podcast was we love sharing new music and we love discovering new music. And this podcast is a huge way we can do both. And so we hope as you listen, you find new stuff. But please feel free to send us music recommendations or let mm -hmm. us know about how much the podcast is just terrible right now. <laughs> and cause we know uh, we're rookies, but you know, we're in it for the long haul. So you can't drag us down with your negativity, but <laughs> please give us your negativity yeah. anyways. So our Twitter handles are uh, Andrews is LDL Andrew. Uh, mine is LDL Nate as in the letters L, D, and L. And then for a general uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, for the podcast, we have LDL pod. So L D L P O D for both Twitter and Instagram. And then if you want to email us, it's at long distance listening at gmail.com. So please contact us. 
we need friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's lonely sometimes over here. So, <laughs> so please be our friend and contact us. What about you, Andrew? I'm going to send this back to you. What's your one more thought? I'll give you some of the best uh, final. I'm just going to give advice as my last final mm-hmm. thought. Um, some really good advice I was given um, was if your dog blinks at you, blink back. It could be a code. So uh, just like uh, you uh, never uh, know. Just that's smart. Just if you make eye contact with your dog and it blinks, blink back. So. You, you know, communication is such a profound mm-hmm. subject. It really is. And dogs are smart. Yeah. So they're trying to talk to us through blinking. Come back. We'll have hot dogs next time. <laughs>